The population of London grew at a rapid rate in the 19th century, and the city soon ran out of places to bury its dead. The answer was the creation of huge suburban cemeteries around the edge of the capital. Their grand monuments and more modest headstones connect us directly to the past, giving us compelling clues to fascinating lives. One local historian, Mike Guilfoyle, has made it his mission to uncover some of the extraordinary tales that lie behind the epitaphs at the Brockley and Ladywell Cemetery in South East London. More than 150,000 people are thought to have been buried in this leafy, peaceful resting place. Some famous in their day, some infamous, many deserving recognition once again. These are the stories behind the London epitaphs. According to burial records, Lawrence, or Larry Donovan, was laid to rest in the Roman Catholic section of Brockley Cemetery. Although his grave is believed to be unmarked, it is possible that there was never any monument to him because the young man who had briefly experienced considerable, indeed international fame, was far from home and penniless when he died. For one bizarre moment in history, Laurie Donovan made his name as the champion bridge jumper of the world in his extraordinary stories a reminder that shortly viral fame is nothing new. The New York-born son of Irish immigrants served as a soldier in the US Army briefly, before taking a job as a typesetter for the Police Gazette in 1882. The magazine covered issues like sports and crime and included racy images of women, a kind of lad's mag of its day. Its editor, Richard K. Fox, liked to include stories about daring feats and attempts to break records, and it's while working there that Donovan is likely to have had his head turned by the idea of bridge jumping. The newly completed Brooklyn Bridge sparked a series of attempts by fame seekers and adventurers to be the first to jump off it. A swimming instructor called Robert Emmett Odlum was at the front of the queue, although sadly he lost his life in the attempt. Next up was a gambler, the better known Steve Brodie. He survived the jump, although there were no witnesses to corroborate it and he was accused of faking it. Nonetheless, Brodie made enough money from the jump to buy himself a saloon. Larry Donovan was the next in line. The young man had done his research. The first jumper, Odlum, had fallen through the air at 60 miles an hour, landing at an ankle and breaking his ribs and rupturing internal organs. Donovan put weights in his shoes to keep himself upright as he fell and wore padded leggings to protect himself on impact. The jump was a success and the only injury he reported was a little stomach pain. The newspapers declared him the champion jumper of the world. Although the authorities were less impressed, a judge charging him with a disorderly conduct and fining him $10. Donovan not only enjoyed little money from his escapade, but also glowing newspaper coverage. In the following months, he sought out other bridges from which to jump. His attempts were usually prevented by the police. In November 1886, he performed a successful jump of the now defunct Niagara Falls Suspension Bridge, falling an impressive 190 feet into the waters below. The following year, he leapt off the Chestnut Street Bridge in Philadelphia. In both cases, he sustained minor injuries to his chest and ribs. A second attempt at the Brooklyn Bridge was stopped by his own mother, who warned the police, and Donovan was thrown into jail for three months. 
During his court hearing, he had been forced to promise that he would never perform such a stunt in New York again, and on his release, he decided it was time to find new audiences elsewhere. Lawrence Donovan set his sights on the bridges of England. Within a week of his arrival in the capital, in the summer of 1887, Donovan jumped off London Bridge. Some accounts stated he caused barely a ripple of interest with his stunt, the newspapers referring to it as a species of foolhardiness. But a few days later, a considerable crowd had gathered on Westminster Bridge where he planned to make his next jump. Yet again, he was arrested, although he was released with a caution, the judge telling him that he could jump over any bridge he wanted as long as he didn't cause any disturbances. Donovan called himself the champion aerial jumper of the world and challenged anyone to outdive him if they dared. His aim was to be the second person ever to survive a jump from the Clifton Suspension Bridge in Bristol. The only other person to have done so was Sarah Ann Henley, who had attempted to kill herself but had landed in the thick mud of the riverbank. Donovan's attempt to jump off the bridge was thwarted by a toll collector. The same man stopped him a second time that evening, and this time the police were called and he was arrested and had to spend a month in prison because no one would pay his bail. On his release, and after a number of short-lived jobs, he jumped with permission from the police from Waterloo Bridge. At 32 feet, this was lower than usual, and he was dressed in the costume of a popular comic strip character, presumably for pay. Donovan's second attempt at the Clifton Suspension Bridge required considerable cunning. The police were on guard, and he sneaked onto the bridge, hiding under the seat of a carriage. He made the jump and was taken to hospital by friends afterwards. Although Donovan insisted that the jump had taken place, the police denied it, and it remains unclear to this day whether it actually happened. A local businessman certainly believed him and he was presented with a silver cup to commemorate the feat. Nonetheless, Donovan's star was fading and he began to drink heavily. Laurie Donovan wanted to go home, but had no money and seemed unable to raise the funds for a ticket despite public appeals for donations. During a drinking session in a London bar, he took on a two-pound bet to jump from the Hungerford Bridge that very night. Who knows why he accepted the bet, but at 4am on Tuesday, August the 7th, he walked to the spot on the bridge took off his coat and leapt over the side. He resurfaced and was seen for a moment before disappearing under the water. There was some speculation that he might have hit a part of the structure that was hidden under the high tide. If Donovan was seeking glory, the newspapers were not going to oblige him even after death. Inquiries about the death of Larry Donovan, the American bridge jumper, who was drowned on Tuesday after jumping from Hungerford Footbridge, London, for a wager show that he was under the influence of drink at the time. He'd been drinking heavily for several days previously and had frequented the meanest lodging houses. On account of his poverty, he accepted a wager of two pounds to nothing that he would jump from the bridge. He merely divested himself of the jacket and struck the water in such a way that he was stunned. The papers reported that Donovan's so-called friends disappeared from the scene as soon as they knew something was wrong, and that his body was eventually retrieved by a waterman named Harris at St George's Stairs in Deptford. He was buried here in Broccoli a week later. The service was paid for by his old employer at the Police Gazette in New York, but it is not known how many people attended the Champion Bridge Jumpers' funeral. Donovan is not completely forgotten, but lives on as a curious footnote in history, a reminder that notoriety can be ignited in the strangest of ways, but can also burn itself out in an instant.
London Epitaphs was brought to you by Tempest Productions. Mm-hmm.